good. Fuck it. But if you, but if you take, like I, like in college, I would take two, I would take two mil, two thousand milligrams of lion's mane. Yeah, two grams. And I have yeah. one, and I have one cup of. Well, okay, we can, can we keep it with milligrams because it's cooler. Okay, it sounds it sounds sure. a lot better. Um, sure. <laughs> um, I would do that in like one cup of black coffee, and I'd be like zooted. Mm. I'd be zooted for like easily like a good four hours. I would get so much work done. And that's, that's all nice. the one I would use. So I never even like even during college, I never actually expanded my like my kind of nootropic game. Like at gotcha. Like I used like alpha GPC and stuff because it was in pre workouts and things, and hooperzine mm-hmm. and things like that. But I never used like uh, like like I like I have different things like tyrosine. Like it's in it's in this. Yeah, it's in that. I, I wouldn't particularly use it in the sense of nootropic. I would probably use it in the sense of a thyroid thing uh, yeah. when I would kind of supplement with it now. But this dynamite thing is, it's just been, I just got like a nice little like calm. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a cool, it's a cool ingredient. I, I, it's not available in Canada really yet, but uh, I think they derived that compound from, I know it's going to be coming though for me. I'm gonna gonna get coming, no. I got the hookup. Um, I think it's derived from the mango, a mango fruit. Which mango has like a ton, like a ton and ton and ton of different receptor modulators. They're just not powerful. Like it's kind of the same as like getting creatine from red meat. No one's going to eat nine pounds of mango, right? So it affects like THC uptake. It's, it's really cool. So I'm Isn't excited for that side of my... <laughs> Isn't it crazy how you can get this in like nature? And yeah, it's awesome. I had to like take a supplement. Like, hey, you could eat this food and you can yeah. get that. Like it's kind of like, uh, no, I guess not. It's kind of like I rather get the the effect like like I have caffeine tabs, like Got every you. now and then I pop a caffeine tab. And I'm like it yep. doesn't have the same effect though as drinking a black coffee. But I like no, I, caffeine tabs don't even work. <laughs> I find like I'm not sure. If yeah, it's like the mechanism I find, I find they crack I, me I, I, out. I find they crack me out more than a cup of black coffee does. I think so too. It has. Some, it must be something to do with like. But I bet some milligrams too. Because I also take 200 megs of a oh, caffeine tab yeah. compared to whatever, like 60 megs that's probably in a 80, yeah, uh, 60, yeah. Uh, 200, <laughs> 200 is an anxiety inducing uh, substance for me yeah. at this point in my life with the current landscape. But I wonder how, I wonder how this would be with like 150 megs of caffeine. It's per- well, I'm going to tell you because, <laughs> because when, when it gets here, I'm going to dig 125 milligrams, mix it in that pump product and take that serving and I'm going to go to the gym. It's going to be great. I'm going to try this in the gym. I'm going to try this tomorrow in the gym. hundred percent. I'm going to use this as my pre-workout because I don't use, yeah. I don't use pre-workout. So I know you don't. Well, you're going to have, you're going to, are you going to combine both of them? Yeah. And I'm going to add caffeine to the volume gym, like a hundred milligrams. And, <laughs> and uh, try, I can't wait. I can't wait till you try this. You're going to be like the pump, bro. You're going to be like the pump. Yeah, it's going to be, it's gonna <laughs> be you great. You guys can use code SPADA at Morphogen Nutrition. Um, we're, talking, <laughs> we're talking about Morpho Brain right now. Um, we both have never tried this, so I ordered it because um, you guys have so greatly supported uh, me um, and the podcast and everything, and use my code for a lot of my supplements. Um, so I will I will be doing a giveaway at some sort of point because um, I've done this before, and I just want to give my love back to the people that listen to this, um, that share all my content, that use my code on Morphogen Nutrition. Um, we have a nice gnarly exchange going on. So I'm excited yep. to try. I'm excited to try some protein. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. I'm going to send I'm very, I'm very excited. Protein. I'm very excited to try that. Even though I'm affiliated with morphine, you know, but you know, you got to expand. Yeah. With proteins, I like to expand my horizons though. So many different companies have so many good flavors. That's yeah, like, they do. Like I'm about to try uh, whatever the glazed blueberry donut by morphine. So. Oh, it. that's going to be good. It, it, I did my, you know, you do that little taste test with the dip your finger mm-hmm. in. You're like, yeah, I dipped it in. I was like, ooh, this is good. <laughs> We're just plugging Sweet. away. I'm just, I'm just using this beginning to like plug, plug the code, bro. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny because it's, uh, we were talking about it prior to kind of recording. And also, I'm the one that asked you about it because like I've never tried Morphogen stuff, but, and I don't sell it in my store. And, uh, like, I'm still a supplement nerd at heart though, right? So it's like, hey, I want to try this for a while. So once you're, affiliated it's nice that you can just rip me some stuff and try it out <laughs> yeah so um today's topic we haven't done this in a while so we want to say thank you guys for following back on us uh we haven't released podcast episodes in a while i've been a little inconsistent with podcast episodes recently i did some travel and did a lot of things personal life gets in the way 
podcast has been going on for so long. I don't think a few weeks I'm going to miss and miss a few episodes. There's so many episodes yeah. that you guys could go back and listen to that you guys probably haven't That's listened lots. to. So go back and take a listen to them if you guys haven't. Um, but today's he's probably got notes ready and everything. I could probably see that he has me. Yeah. No, man. I, oh, I'm um, surprised. I got usually. Usually you have a usually you have like a book ready. You're like, hmm, where am I going to start? You're like one. Today's two, not one of those book um, days, bro. This is actually going to be a pretty anecdotal episode because I think this is Sweet. this is very important. Um, we're going to go to how to manage BG, aka blood glucose. Um, in I in contest prep, you should be fine, but uh for obvious reasons of course but yeah. in off season it's definitely very very essential to maintain your blood glucose in a very optimal range if you can um for each person that's very different but for the most part for most people an optimal range is like 70 to 85 um i would say um i've never not gonna lie i've never seen i may have seen in any of my clients like 70s like twice so I'm trying to, sorry, I'm just trying to do the conversion in my head on low sleep oh, I here. Forgot uh, you do. Oh, I forgot you do. And so I think that's like three points for, cause we have quite a few Canadian listeners now too, right? Because, yeah. uh, you know, like a lot of my followers listen to the podcast. So I think that's like 3.7 to 3.9. That's yeah. Isn't it like 3.7, like four or something, 4.2 or something? I think, yeah, it's, it's something like that. And that's honestly, that's pretty good. It takes a pretty heavily muscled individual who's been training a while and knows how to use some uh, glycogen stores in their training and eats very proper food sources and proper meal timing to see that kind of blood glucose yeah. to be honest yeah i never think you literally have to live the least stressful life possible like and i'm serious also, like you can't which is nobody right now which is well it's nobody right now and it's apparently nobody it's nobody ever like because yeah. i've never seen like honestly the only times I've ever seen people ever hit 70, like they post it on their stories is when they're in prep. I never see people hit seventies when they're in off season, unless you're genetically, no, I, unless you're really genetically gifted and you train really, really, really hard and you only eat and recover as well. Yeah. And you yeah. actually get your proper amount of sleep, which 90% of the people don't, including don't. myself, I will say. Um, yeah. It's, it's pretty hard. It's pretty easy to manage. That's why we're using this episode is manage, not get it into an optimal state. It's how to manage it. I would say how to manage it within 80 to 80 to 89. I would say if you manage it in the 80s, you're really good. I say when you start tipping over into like that, when you, I guess for you guys, when you start tipping over into like that four range, um, for us, it would be that 90s and the 100. When you start tipping over in the 90s and then when you start getting into the 100s, then you have something that's popping off. There's normally a sign that something's going awry. Yeah, it's really weird, you know, because uh, honestly, most so in my case, uh, the market here is also a low healthy user bias market. And mm -hmm. uh, meaning like, you know, our, our population, this is a little nerdy, but it, I, I attribute it to because our winters are so bad and we have such low sunlight. And if you look at the correlation between basically every population on Earth, like Siberia, you know, like all the places that have these kind of winters and uh, really, really low amounts of sunlight for like two thirds of the year, basically, um, we oftentimes see these sort of like biofeedback markers, not optimal, but most people why we wanted to talk about managing is because most people are not even close to managing like yeah. healthy users that do come to me already. And they're trying to eat. Well, this is kind of like what's going on. Like the absence of illness is not always health. Right. And this is something that's like people I think are really misunderstanding in today's society because it's really easy to just take a pharmaceutical or something to kind yeah. of band-aid something, you know, and this happens a lot and I'm not blaming the populace for this and it's a complex subject so i don't we don't need to dive into that but what ends up happening is someone is like like people that come to me that are already like at a pretty healthy body fat range like okay they're not you know ready to compete but healthy body fat range they have you know uh they're they're trying to work out a consistent amount they're trying to at least sleep somewhatly okay and they're trying to eat better than what they were at one time, you know, yeah. like at least managing calories or trying to get protein options in. And oftentimes they come to me with a hundred plus BG. Yeah. And you know, like it very, like I very rarely get a client that 
I'm like, oh yeah, this is uh, really good. And we just kind of continue <laughs> it. Usually there's like a bunch of strategies that need to be deployed to yeah. do this. And when we do it, if the person doesn't have metabolic issues and stuff, which I was just venting to Anthony about before we started, because I have a lot I think of we both vented. I think out. we both vented. But... I know yeah, you did and we did and we will. But uh, anyway, so if someone is kind of like in a healthy metabolic place where their body is ready to adapt and change, it doesn't take too long. You know, like you start making, you picking off the low hanging fruit, you know, all of a sudden it's like, Hey, let's move some meal timing here. Let's move some food source here. Let's uh, maybe, you know, uh, try and improve stress and sleep here. You know, all of a sudden three, four little changes make a big picture difference. Is that kind of what you, you find too? Yeah. I think right away, dude, that meal timing, like you'll see, you'll see physiques, you'll see literally like, like their, their body, like literally like the midsection kind of come in just a bit tighter. Like you see. So do you want me to, I'm going to out myself right now because you said that. So I'm working with a new coach, as you know. Yeah. And uh, Mr. Braden Miller. And I'm, I'm really Braden. enjoying it. So. We'll get him back. On. We'll get him back. <laughs> yeah, on we need to have, we do need to have him back on. Um, and I'm really enjoying it. And, yeah. but some things are different um, because, well, I don't want to. Uh, so the, the meals, and we've talked about this before, where like I mostly didn't eat before training, like really at all like maybe are you uh, eating a lot now <laughs> bro it's wild like it's so wild all my calories are gone by 11 a.m pretty much like yeah uh, what between you, what pre you and intra post so it's like uh 100 100 grams of carbs with like basically some fish oil trace fats you know like uh pre-workout with 50 some odd grams of protein interesting that you're doing fish oil pre-workout yep the krill oil actually and uh and then meal or like Intra is like another 40, 50 grams of carbs. And then post is 125. So you add all that up, all of a sudden 260 odd some grams of carbs are basically <laughs> gone by the time meal two comes around, you know? And uh, I, so I've always known that this is more optimal. However, mm-hmm. I've had 17 eating disorders and I've almost killed them all. But one of the things that was, that I was concerned about prior to starting with Braden is that you know, like if I was going to screw up my diet at any point in history, it was at nighttime. So once, and we're going back years now, but like once I learned total calorie macro control, it was like, Hey, yeah, I understand that perinutrition is important, but so is not eating an extra thousand calories at night is more important, (laughs) like consistently not doing that. So I had my food has basically flipped like end for end, (laughs) you know, like it went went from like morning to night and, uh, He'd called, so props to Braden because, you know, I sent my check-in. He called me to have a half an hour talk with me about like, hey, this is your first check-in. I want, and he was like, you know, you've been coaching yourself or have been coached by some really good people. And I respect your knowledge as a coach. So how do you, how's it going? What's your perception? Like, I know you said, cause I had told him this is going to be different. And I said, well, I nailed it about 85. I nailed the macros hundred percent. Two days, I didn't quite get the meal timing like perfect. But I said the days that I did, especially after day one, where my digestion kind of got used to it, um, I said, like, this is going to be good for me. That's how I left it. Like, I can tell. Like, about halfway through my second session um, of training, and that we're doing, like, a tiny bit more volume than I was. Just a tiny bit, but not much. So Maybe sets, three sets. So some, are, yeah. uh, like, so some, so some exercises are three sets? Uh, no, actually, I, what it is is I have intensifiers now. And I, Justin was like straight sets, always never, wow. no drops, no clusters, oh, no rest pause, welcome nothing. To my, welcome to my, welcome to my way of training. I love it. I love it. Like I miss that dearly, dearly, dearly. You know, like I'm the type of person who's for years was looking for different ways to punish myself because I thought <laughs> it would get me to the, the golden place. I know that that's not the way it works, but it's still fun to me. I like that finding that pain tolerance. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I noticed about halfway through my workout, I was like, Hey, I'm not tired. Like, like, you know, like I used to go into a workout and I would hit like three sets, you know, or four and then start to be like, like I could really tell that there wasn't much left in the tank Yeah, and uh, I'm staying strong till the end. So that's how I know in one workout or two workouts, does it make a big difference? No, 
but in 50 workouts, that's going to make a big difference. Right. So that was my very long winded point. So I think that, uh, it's going to be good. And you know, I'm excited about it. I'll use me for example. I'm eating 600 grams of carbs on my training day now. Wow. That's wild. That's higher than I ever got in my off season. I'm using, I'm eating 4,000 calories or just slightly yeah. under, um, which is about the most I've ever eaten by about 1,100 calories. Yeah. You're way, way, way past. Yeah, I'm very, very, I'm way past where I was before. Um, and my, my pre-workout has about 120 grams of carbs. My post, my, my intro has 120 grams of carbs. Wow. And my post-workout has... What the hell do you drink? What do you eat? My post what do you workout, have? My post-workout has about 230. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. I literally have... I literally just got at it for the first time. I just... This week, I just got added food outside the peri workout window oh so he take all of your so like over, like i finally just got straight. carbs i finally just got carbs outside the peri workout window for the first time since we started so just to clarify for the audience so let's say six months ago mark says i'm gonna up your food this much it was guaranteed going pre intra post guaranteed going pre one of yeah yes um yeah, okay we always had 93 grams of carbs in intra workout or gotcha. out, and outside of the workout window. So that was it. So I was doing that. I'm basically all my fat. I had about 12 grams of fat in there in that pre and post. Um, yeah. So I was still doing like whatever 60, I'm still doing whatever 50, 55 grams of fat or something in that. Um, but I don't eat a ton of food outside the workout window, but I eat a lot in terms of like, for me, like I'll eat like fruits and veggies, which that's the majority of the thing. Now, of course I'm including in rice, as that extra 30 grams of carbs, I'm like, I'm not fucking eating more fruit. More 30, grams, fruit. 30 grams of carbs is like a whole another like full apple or something where I'm like, I rather, more, just, yeah. I rather just do 90 grams of rice and just add this into my last meal and be like, okay, you give a fuck. Makes off. sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at that point. Um, but yeah, like a lot of my food is mixed in right in those three meals, like a three lot, meals. like so, a, a lot. I count my intro as a meal now. Cause it's, it's a hundred. Yeah. Years. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot of it's fucking 500 calories so what what's your bg running like right now oh. and if you had to take what do you yeah this is this, this is interesting this is interesting this yeah, is interesting you want to know why this is you want to know why this is interesting because yeah. we have not tracked my bg at all really nope people oh, wow. someone actually asked me this someone actually asked me this the other day my friend who i go to the gym with she asked me she's like I heard on your podcast, you don't, you don't track your blood glucose. And she's like, or on my, I was on another podcast with a, with I see whatever on the figure it out podcast. Um, and they asked like about that. And I was like, yeah, I don't track this. And they're like, you don't track it. And I was like, Mark has never made me track it. We've strictly gone off of photos and performance. Like, I think it's just at that point where I'm so young that I need to grow that it's like, just like, fuck it. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do so much damage to my body where I'll put myself like I'm 20, like I know I could fuck up my body. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But we slowly added food and my performance is still just keep skyrocketing. No, and your physique, I think I'm going to really defend Mark's position because I think with someone with that much experience, watching your performance go up and watching your body assimilate the cow, this is my sense of that, why that might be. And probably because like you send me update pictures quite often too right so it's like i get i also see just because we're friends like holy shit like his waist is coming in so it's like your body's partitioning nutrients or that would be having an opposite effect like yeah. your waist would be coming in it'd be going out you know so like yeah that's it probably like why he's just like why stress him out more uh, with more metrics yeah whenever yeah exactly so it's like I mean, you said it the other day, it looks like I photoshopped my waist. <laughs> yeah, literally. In my back shot, it looks like I like, it looks like I cropped out a little bit of, a little so bit. So do you do measurements? Back. Is your back, is your back, is it because your back has gotten bigger so much or has your waist actually come in or is it both? Well, we don't do measurements either. Nothing, yeah, so you don't know. <laughs> I literally have the worst metrics probably as any of any coach. It's like, do you track anything? Just my weight. Do you, do you like track, do you? just my macros it's like 
What do you track? Just my honestly, phone. Justin was like that too. Like I only tracked BG one time per week. Yeah, we did it very simple. We've done it because we don't need to do it. That's right. Yeah. If I wanted to do it, I could a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, and I, bet, I, 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 but I, I got bet, but I bet if I did it and then read in like if it read to like a hundred or something, it would just like skyrocket my stress further. I think so too, and my. uh I don't check mine as often. Like, you know, like I check it if Braden would want it, I would check it, of course, but my blood glucose control is really good. So like every time I check it post preambial, whether I'm medium chubby, mega chubby, or not chubby, it's always I'm pretty pleased with it, to be yeah. honest. So so one so the first thing for you guys is nutrient timing because it's yep. very, very important. So for takeaways from what we kind of discussed, um, I guess, cause we only talked about ourselves, but to kind of give some takeaway points for at least that one, um, prioritize about 60 to 70% of your carbs. I say 50, I'll, I'll give 50 because for some of my lifestyle people, I do like to do 50. Um, yeah. but I more, so I never usually do, I never usually do actually 50. Usually I do like 60, um, around is like the sweet spot for a lot of lifestyle people. So I do like 60, 40, um, and then for more of my performance guys, so my body, so my guys who want to compete or something one day, I take their nutrition partitioning, like their nutrition timing, very, very, very seriously. And I'll even have upwards to 80% in that window. So you yeah, can- Yeah, it's like, who, what, what can you handle as a client basically, right? That's kind of yeah. what you're judging. Yeah. You know, because like course, a lifestyle person might not need to. Yeah, and of course, as you, as you get lower, whatever, as you're dieting, you should place your carbs more around the peri-workout window. So you should be upping that percentage as you diet down. Um, Which people do the opposite. And including me in the past diets yeah, and they start, right? they start They start to like, they start to be like, hey, I'm going to even out my carbs. And then like, you yeah. slowly see like our performance start to like tank. And you're like, well, you, you've decided to move 50 grams of your carbs from this meal into, into these three meals. It's like, yeah, you could have used that. Um, so I say the percentage is there, um, quick digesting carbs, pre and post and intra. If you do intra, a lot of people have to earn the right to do intra. Um, that's why I say, um, so train hard, you'll earn intra, um, quick digestion carbs, cream of rice, white rice is usually my two go-tos when it comes down to that. Um, we're using, we're also using things like honey. Um, and stuff like that. Like if you get to that point where it's a lot, a lot of carbs, then you got to start using some other sources. Gummy bears are one of my favorites to use. How many grams of sugar do you eat in a day? <laughs> I don't even want to know. <laughs> I have 31 grams. I have 31 grams of honey and I have 85 grams of gummy bears. And it would be I getting have, close. And I have 120 grams of Gatorade which is quite a lot of sugar. Um, yeah, we're, we're just going to say probably an unhealthy amount. <laughs> I don't think there is, to be honest, Ash, I'm, I'm not concerned that there, no, I, I don't think there is, and um, especially the source and who, I guess, it's like also important. Yeah, for, it's like who, um, for me. And then, and then outside your pre-workout window, have a ton of fruits and veggies. I think this is where a lot of people make the mistake with their blood glucose and managing it is they keep trying to do like oats and they try to just do like rice. Like all these guys want to do just rice and chicken at every meal. I'm like, bro, get the micronutrients because your BG also relies on a good amount of like micronutrients and things like that. Well, some like, fiber, some fiber. micronutrients, you know? Yeah. So it's like have fruits and veggies because those are actually the good sugars. Fructose is yep. actually, fructose is pretty good for you. Um, it is. Yeah. If you get enough of if if you actually do it a lot of bodybuilders like i said just stick to chicken and rice and rice contains nothing so besides just it's just a carb source it digests well but that's why it digests well because it's pretty dead <laughs> yeah so i think that's another part of nutrient timing that's a big thing um you have anything else to add that people could take away from nutrient timing uh inside of nutrient timing um kind of which is so this is getting a little bit nerdier for those that are like already maybe kind of tracking this and or you know what i mean like they're they're not thinking about tracking bg they are and they're trying to make it better 
um, where you place anytime I've worn a CGM, uh, where you place your food in the meal, like eating it can make a big difference. Uh, are you talking about the order? Yes. So like if you, you know, like for me, I don't really eat very many veggies in my, uh, like pre or post workout meal, obviously, and not none. Actually, I don't even eat veggies at all. Who am I kidding? <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. I love how I go. Yeah. You guys have fruit and veggies. Dylan's just like, I don't even eat veggies. Well, that, but, 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 but I also eat, but you eat a shit ton of and, and, and I also eat fruit, like a lot of fruit. I also eat a lot of fruit. So a lot. And, uh, and variety of sources seasonal. So anyway, there's, there's a method behind that madness, but the, the order of how you eat your food. So like I always try to tell my clients, eat your protein options first and then eat your uh, starches first. And then if you're going to have a fructose, eat that last. And almost anyone who's been like willing to try it, which is, it's a lot of work to like make your own little experiment trying this. The BG is improved by that. And it's, I just started doing that, uh, because I thought it was, I found it to be optimal. And then now that's just how I eat. Like after a while, it's like yeah. now I eat everything like that. And I don't have to think about it. You know, it's just the you way what, it is. You know, it also is another good one. Uh, berries before berries before bed. Yeah. This is another one. Insoluble. Where if you say, if you see that your, that your BG is high in the morning, but your postprandial is fine, mm-hmm. then something your liver's dumping it at yeah. some sort of point so what's the best way to refuel the liver to get in fructose right so i always have people especially if they if they end up waking up in the middle of the night or something like that sometimes it is and they're not having any fruit or anything in that last meal typically it might be that their liver is dumping glucose right and their body's like responding to that and it kick starts um and that ends up and what I do is I just add in 50, like maybe a hundred grams of berries or something and yeah. they get way better sleep. And then with way better sleep, what happens? We'll get into the next point because that's going to be probably the next biggest part, right? Outside of nutrient yep. timing, um, with better sleep, their BGs back down to like the 89 or whatever, like a nine, makes sense. which is good. <clears throat> um, so I think that's a lot for nutrient timing. I think people took away. That's fine. Yep. So nutrient uh, timing is number one. We discussed our meals. So like I said, this yep. is going to be a very anecdotal episode because we've both have pretty good blood glucose. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, next one. The next, probably, probably the biggest factor <laughs> in all of this, and it's the hardest thing for people to recognize. And how many times do we have to go over this? Because we did a whole episode on this in like episode two of Coach's Corner. Yeah. So if you haven't gone and listened to episode two, <laughs> go do it because we went over a whole episode on this. Uh, stress. Stress is the big, the big, big one when it comes down to it. When when your body is stressed, um, do you want to go into it? I'll allow you. I'll allow you to educate. Sure. So, um, well, I, I want to start with people misclassify stress a lot, and that's like the hardest thing to get people to understand, right? Like, if you have a client who's having trouble with blood glucose, or if I have had one, and you just start asking them questions, just like any reasonable person would do. Like, well, what does this look like? Okay, your prayer workout would look okay. What does your sleep look like? Well, it's not perfect, but it's, it's not bad. It shouldn't be that. You know, you kind of start going through the process of elimination. And then you're like, how's your stress? Oh, it's not too bad. And then you're like, well, let's slow that, <laughs> let, let, let's slow that down a little bit, though. I, like, well, walk me through your day. All of a sudden, it's like, well, I wake up and immediately I check my phone. And then the kids are screaming at me and I'm making them breakfast. Then I quickly have to get into the shower and put my makeup on whilst my husband struggles to dress the children to get to school. And, you know, like, all, and I'm like, okay, so like by 11 a.m. you haven't trained yet. And higher, you're higher, higher. <laughs> yeah, like your stress is that's like as much as we're physiologically adapted to handling in the day by evolutionary biology. And it's 11 a.m. You haven't even started your working stuff that you're going to do or you know whatever it is you know it's like holy man so no everything is a stress okay you guys like eating large amounts of food that's a stressor undersleeping that's a stressor fighting with your wife girlfriend husband boyfriend whatever that's a stressor you know having a lot of workload on your plate and stress like responsibilities that are challenging for you to manage let's say you have a good burden of load within your career and or ways of making a living 
that's a stress. Man, like if it's too cold outside, if it's too hot outside, that's a stress. If you haven't drank enough water, that's a stress. So this shit all adds up. And most and and the phone, God, the phone. And right now, yeah, the, the phone, phone the, the, the phone, phone is the worst. That's it's, why. That's why I think it's so imperative to have people that you just talk to, like on the phone. Like I talk to like you, and I talk to like maybe like ten to fifteen others, and like that's really it. like I don't talk like like if people want to talk to me about work or something like that. Like I'm not talking about that. Doesn't. Yeah. I talk about fitness. I talk about coaching and things like that that actually bring me joy, and not stress me out. So I think that's people. Uh, people don't utilize the phone correctly. I would say. No, I agree. It's not. It's not used like an educational tool, like a supercomputer that it is for computing and making our lives better. Sometimes we're our own worst enemies. We make ourselves suffer yeah. with it. So, so when you get a cortisol response, um, your body ends up dumping a whole bunch of glucose, and yeah, what happens with that? Your body produces a whole bunch of insulin, and when you're constantly think about this. Every single time, every single thing that he said, that happens every single time. Every time. Now, now think about how much insulin has to be produced. Uh, you like I've like I've talked about before. I did an insulin resistance episode by myself a long, long time ago, um, but I kind of want to bring back another coach to manage BG because I think it's a cool topic anyway. Yeah, it is. The, I think it's the most magical thing ever when you see it just like transform. Um, you have this lock and key relationship with the insulin. And the muscle cell and when you can't when the key doesn't fit the lock well you're you're looking for the key you're like in harry yeah. potter they're in harry potter trying to catch the key well yeah it's gonna keep it's gonna keep trying until it finds the right key and that means that that blood glucose that means that that glucose is continuing in the blood which means it's gonna have to keep producing insulin more and more and that's how and then your beta cells eventually burn out which ends up not responding to insulin, which means your body actually starts to produce less insulin. And then you're just, you're, you're, that's the, that's the end game there. <laughs> well, that's, the, you, you, you're, you just walked us from right, right to diabetes, basically. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, you just walked into pre, pre-diabetic where yeah, you're, exactly. where now your PG is now, I don't know for you guys what the, what the conversion is. We, like seven. Yeah. It's not good. Ours, ours is like, Ours is like whatever, 120. Yeah, 110 to 125 or something. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then your fasted insulin is also really high. And I think a lot of people don't take that into account too. Like a lot of people. And this is where stress comes into play too. So what happens? This is the first sign of it. If your fasted insulin, if your BG is in a good range, but your fasted insulin is high, you're starting that trend of you're going to start running into this issue. Overproduction it's, before it's, underproduction. It's the happens. thing I see them. It's the thing I see the most, actually, out of a lot of people. I have a client who left me. Okay, left me. I didn't have the knowledge I had then that I do now. And it's funny because he left me like three months ago, mm-hmm. and I gained so much knowledge in that about how to like kind of work metabolic help uh, this composition things. He had he had a insulin level of eleven, and I'm like, okay, mm. well now we got to address this. What did I do? Well, I, well, I kind of used, I, I would, I say I used a bandaid, but I'm using a culmination of things to take stress down via nutrient timing, uh, a few supplements, meditation, things like that. What we're going to implement right away and then bang the metformin. Absolutely. Yeah. Just pile drive 500 megs of metformin right into that bad boy. He'll be, he'll be good to go in a matter. He'll be good to go in like two months. Um, or so there's no time frame on these things, but you know, if you work, if you work them the right way, you can create some magic pretty quickly. Um, and that's what ends up happening. You end up having to actually rely on something to actually get you to function. Like I had a guy, like we talked about this on multiple times. I have a guy's insulin level was a 38. We had no that's other, wild. we had no other option, but to use metformin. <clears throat> no, it's like, you need metformin yesterday, sir. Yeah. You need <laughs> metformin three years ago. Um, yeah. But I think stress is just the culmination of everything. Like, and Mark, my coach, did an absolutely tremendous job going over allostatic load. It's how much yeah. your body can physically take. For us, it seems like we do really well on a good amount of stress. Like, like we, can, we can get a few nights of less sleep, and we'll be good. We can get a few nights of, hey, we're on the phone close to bed. We're good. 
we have a few, we have a few days where it's pretty stressful. We're still fine because we've learned to not let things get in our way. And I think that's a big thing that people don't really learn. They kind of just deal with it and they kind of just let it be when it comes down to stress, you know, and they kind of just let it happen. They're like, Oh, I'm getting used to it. And then they get used to it. And then they don't realize that they're stressed, right? The perception, the perception of stress is the, is literally the hardest part to teach someone when it comes down. Well, to it. <clears throat> this is a, this is a super good point because my next thing was going to be, if I use myself as an example, mm-hmm. it's easy for people to talk on a podcast or in an Instagram post and talk about, well, we should be getting up and meditating and doing all this. I'm going to pick on him. Mark made a post about this uh, maybe like a week ago or something. Yeah, and it was his, like what his, his day looks like. His optimizing. Yeah. Story. And I get who he, his audience is. So keep that in mind. Like I, I get it. But 99% of people are never going to do that ever, 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 ever. And it's going to get worse in society, not better. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, you have to understand what's realistic. So when we're looking at the most of the population, including myself, like I'm a young entrepreneur, I'm trying to build businesses, I'm trying to build my physique, but I don't get paid to build my physique, not directly. It's like indirectly kind of, but you know, so it's like, we're in the same boat. Yeah. You know, it's like my job, it's important to make sure the store is running good. It's making sure that my clients have what they need because they're paying for my services, you know, and sometimes my sleep suffers because guess what? If the store is really busy and I had a bunch of stuff to do, I come home, I still have 80 WhatsApp messages. It's like not, Oh, sorry guys. I was busy over there. So F your services. And I'll, you know, cause I need my sleep. Well, no, you have to get to it. So what I did with myself is like, okay, Dylan, what are all the stupid things you're doing that you could stop doing immediately? And for me, like this was like six months ago when I started to get really busy with coaching mm-hmm. or busier. And I realized, okay, I'm looking at my phone before bed and basically right when I wake up, that's shit. So I need an hour on each end of that window. I can do that. There's no reason I can't do it, you know? okay, do you have time to go for a five minute walk in the morning? You know, get some sunlight on your face before any blue light and all this shit, you know? Yeah, I probably can do that most days. And I just started to go through the list of things. And when I get clients to do this, what usually happens is when you write it out or even just think about it, if you have the ability to think about it, you'll realize that you're doing like 10 or 20 things that are really stupid and actually not that difficult to change. You still might be doing 10 things that are stupid for stress uh, management specifically what I'm talking about yeah. and you might not be able to change that like realistically you know like it might not be the thing you go tackling today you know like because most people pick and your perception is such a good thing the amygdala is also an adaptation of physiology so as you get more stress well if you keep adding stress that just knew you're now you're perceived normal over time but then you ask someone like what's stressing you out the most and they're like oh, well, my job and my boss and my career that they went to school for. And it's like, well, I'm sorry to tell you, but that's not really going to be something you're going to fix today or probably tomorrow or next week. I'm going to go you know, like that's going to take a go, year of planning. I'm going to go quit my job real quick. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, well, well, you know, it's like, well, I hate my job. I want to do something else. Yeah, but I'm sure you would hate living on the street too. And that might be the alternative. If you just quit your job, that's more stressful. <laughs> You know, so like that, that's not good. You but wouldn't be able to afford here, us if you, if you quit your job. <laughs> that's correct. Maybe over here, you're going to bed and just watching Netflix because you just don't want to go to work in the morning and you don't want the night to end. Like, I, you know, I know all these psychological games. I've had my fair share of struggles with mental health. I know what people do at nighttime or, you know, when, when they're missing, it's like, I know why you don't want the night to end. It's because you don't want tomorrow to start, but unfortunately it's going to start anyway. And you should go into it better prepared for the battle then purposely trying to off-put something you can't stop anyway. You should go right? in. You should go in with a bit more sleep than you think you should. Yeah, like ready to fight. You know, like ready, ready yeah. to get after the day. Yeah. You know, at least you have um, a fighting chance. And I think I, I think, you know, that morning, that morning thing is always huge, right? Because you mentioned this already in the pot in the podcast earlier. Um, you talked about getting sunlight and how difficult it is to get sunlight now, right? Um, yeah. And it starts to get more difficult. This is where supplementation with vitamin D really comes in. Um, yes. at this day, or actually, I don't even recommend that as a first option. It is a great option because it's cheap to supplement vitamin D, but my first option, and I haven't gotten this and I'm going to order it because I want to try it. Red it light is not the red light. I want to get the, uh, whatever the Phillips happy light that you like connect to your, 
whatever you can just kind of like, like a phone. like it brightens. plugs in, yeah like it plugs into your phone you have the alarm set and then like it cool. slowly rises as you do it because as it's going to get colder i don't like to do my steps outside so what will i do to kind of replace that i'll uh i'll go to there's a fitness center right there and i'll go and i'll get a few step get a few thousand steps in there right but i might start my i might start my steps in here and have that happy light go on and yeah. i'll get that 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 uv ray of sunlight that i need to get my body circadian rhythm in sync because it all starts there with every it really all starts with how you find it and i and i hate when people like like we talk about the phone people don't really know how much time they have until they realize how much time they're on their phone and i'm like yeah and then we're like okay let's implement meditation how how easy would it be to implement 10 minutes of meditation and they're like oh this would be pretty difficult and i'm like are you on your phone for 10 minutes in the morning and like yeah i'm like that's when i that's why i use my time to surf instagram i'm like let's take it off use instagram for like post workout like you're chilling like you want to chill you want to think about doing nothing you want to just go on instagram just like that's what you should be doing you know like well, I like that you're reasonable about this because I, I don't like like because the industry I find is always filled with extremism. So Absolute there's like absolutes and extremism. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like some coaches. I don't want to some narratives. I want to put it that way because I don't want to put it on coaches. Some narratives are like, don't worry about this at all. Just work hard and you have to want it bad and fuck your excuses and all, all this stuff, you know. And then the other narrative is like, now you're a monk in Tibet. And it's like, well, <laughs> you know, like, do, do I have a different life than either of these camps? Because like, I can't really just I don't fuck everything like, and do, I, yeah, yeah. like, Jesus. I don't want to shave my head. I don't want to shave my head and like, <laughs> um, uh, but I do have some people implement it more often than not. You know, I have one guy that does, that does it more often. He has the, he works from home, so he has, he has the time. He also has his own business. So he has the time when he is stressed. It's like, take a few minutes, like sit outside and breathe. Like, hey, if you had that opportunity, go take it. If you're feeling stressed, go do that. Because that helps for him. It fits into his thing. But a lot of people, they really only need that five to 10 minutes in morning and night of meditation and like a little bit of journaling. I'm like, okay, put the phone down during that last hour. Do 10 minutes of meditation and then do like 30 minutes of journaling. Just release all your thoughts. Like that's what I'll tell people. I'll just tell people, write out your thoughts. Super good tip. You know, one thing I tell my clients is I'm like, hey, before you sit down for any meal, close your eyes and pull in 20 breaths through your nose nice that's and slow and breathe out through your mouth. And then you'd be surprised. Well, maybe you're not going to be surprised. 90% of people tell me they can't do 20 breaths without opening their eyes or breathing faster, opening their mouth. And that's, it's like, that's how jacked up your nervous system is that you can't even close your eyes for 20 bloody seconds. I don't think like I Instagram is making you feel that you're missing something and you have to open them or within 20 seconds. You're going to miss think, something. I don't think important. I can do that. I honestly don't think No, I And I'm not speaking from a place of moral high ground. It's hard to do. Like when I it first started be, doing this, but it should be. 10 is hard to do. You know, like when you first start doing it, it's really hard. But it so stress be, is a, should be hard is a big one, man. Big, big, Because you're big, adapting, big. you're adapting to something good. In that's that right. case, that's a good adaptation, right? That you, Hell yeah. And you keep extending that. Like I tell people, Hey, take deep breaths before you eat. Like take like 15, take like 15, like four second inhales, one second holds, four second exhales. And they're like, that's like two, that's like two and a half minutes. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, spend that much time just breathing, not touching your phone. Don't even have your phone in sight because people like my phone's right here. Like you could see the phone in the corner of your eye. People still get anxious about the phone being flipped upside down. They're like, Oh my God, am I missing a text? Am I missing something? Like, yeah. Put your phone away for two and a half. If you can't do it for two and a half minutes, you suck. I <laughs> uh, need to go back to school. So, so stress and sleep probably have the two biggest, the two biggest effects on what your fasted blood glucose score will be. Um, at least I would say outside of, outside of being outside of metabolic functions, of course. Right. We're saying outside of anything that's going to saying you're hormonally correct and your fasted yeah. blood glucose is off. Yeah, there it is. Num number one would be nutrient timing is the way to fix it. Number two is handle your stress and sleep. 
Um, if someone could just do those two things, it would, you know, pick five things that they are not doing well. Like I said, you know, start slow. What be, and be honest with yourself. Don't try to look at your life and go, Oh, I'm going to fix all this stuff tomorrow. No, you're not. Or you wouldn't be doing it in the first place. You're going to be able to fix two or three and hold the line, fix two or three, do a good job in fixing them, give a hundred percent effort, hold the line for two weeks. And then also try to, you know, add this perinutrition uh, peri protocol, your BG will get better. It literally will get better just from that. Those two yeah. things. Yeah. Um, and then, man, for blood managing, I mean, that handles a lot of managing blood glucose, to really be honest. Um, well, it's, it's sleep is the next one, really. Well, yes, sleep is the next one. And uh, we kind of, we kind of like, we kind of, we kind of went over bit, sleep. Like, Supplementation, you know, is like the next thing that you can. Supplementation is, I mean, we went over it. I already, I already talked about it with the one client, right? Um, yep. Metformin is one of the best ones to use for it. Yep. Um, now, don't take metformin without doing blood work, please. Um, yes, there's, you have to, if you're, if your insulin level is already low, if you're, if your fasted insulin level is low, you're just going to make it lower. Um, and you don't want it going too low. Like you don't want to get there. Um, but, um, I see, I see metformin to be great for everyone. Surely be honest. Like, like I like to implement it for a lot of people now. Just like the more we learn about it, the more I keep learning about it, the more it's better for insulin sensitivity, the more it's better for- It's good for the bacteria too in the gut. For, gut. for gut health, it's good for inflammation. Like every single thing that you think of, it's kind of like a miracle drug. It kind of does a lot of- It's one of the things. few pharmaceuticals, there's like four that, that with work. using. Well, they show no negative, no long-term worsening negative side That's effects and all-cause mortality goes down. That's why it's so great to use because there's no, there's no negative implications to using it. Really. Everything is really just positive. Um, so metformin, if you want to dose metformin, 500 makes is 500 milligrams is going to be fine for everybody for nearly everyone. If you're a more severe case, I want to do that with more doc. You could do metformin without doctor approval. Um, but I want to go over 500 milligrams without doctor approval. Um, Me neither because that's testing, you're testing the waters there. Um, the same, even 250 milligrams sometimes is, uh, is sufficient. Yeah, 250 could do very well. Um, it's all depending on the, the case. Person. Yeah, obviously. Um, but I find 500 makes that sweet spot. That perfect, that perfect little spot. I like that too. There. Um, so metformin's number one. Um, yeah, you can find it. You can find it in a good amount of places. Um, yeah, and then if you're not, if it's, if it's hard or you're just not interested in using them, pharmaceutical product you know there's some herbal stuff like berberine's a pretty good one um you know berberine's probably the best Sylvestra. berberine's probably the best one to use if you're talking about non if you're talking about supplemental yeah i kind of agree you can use a gda which is just a culmination of things um one that's actually really cheap that a lot of people don't use um is cinnamon like just use silent cinnamon, cinnamon. Yeah. yeah just like you can get it at your grocery store. It's pretty cheap. Yeah. <laughs> like people don't realize, Hey, this is a great thing to use. Like I put it in yep. Mark actually has it in my plan. And I learned it from Mark. Like after reading, like digging into it, I was like, why did he use this? I was like, why did he use iodized salt and cinnamon? It's like one cinnamon, iodized salt for iodine. and then cinnamon for cinnamon for kind of just regular, like, just glucose help. Um, yeah. So it's a great cheap way, especially if you can't afford a GDA because the one thing about metformin that I like is how cheap it is and how effective for the, for the cost to benefits. Bang for buck. It's yeah. It's like, really it's good. like all the way up here. Like, well, yeah. people, can't, people can't see me, but think of like a mountain. It's, it's high like, up there. Like, His hands like really near, high up. <laughs> it's like near the tip of the top of Mount Everest when it comes to like insulin sensitivity. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, I would put a GDA at like the middle ground. Um, and then like, there's all these regular ones underneath it. Uh, yeah. GDs are good, but they're just kind of expensive. Um, for they definitely add up if, if funds are not uh, super free, and let's say. Yeah. I don't find them as effective as metformin, but. No, definitely not. So. And both, if you want to get really fun. Yeah, if you want to get, yeah, if you get vulnerable, if you want to get really fun, use both. Because they run on a little bit different mechanism of action, so they actually can uh, be used together. They do. Do you want to go into, do you want to go in? I know you're a supplement junkie, so I'm going to let you kind of take it away. Um, yeah, so you can use berberine 
Um, like I said, they do run in a in a different mechanism of, act, of action, and they attack they modulate a little bit different of a receptor. Uh, metformin I like to use in in my protocols anyway, because I just want to talk about the practical practicality. Mm -hmm. um, if I was using metformin, I would use metformin um, probably like. Uh, maybe with like the larger containing carbohydrate meal that isn't the post-workout meal, let's say, um, or even pre-workout, depending on what time they're training also. Okay. Uh, but that, that's a really good time, um, in my opinion. And then I like to use berberine a little bit later in the evening. And I've found the best responses anecdotally uh, on myself and clients from having that, having them separated sort of, I don't want to say like AM and PM because that's too drastic of a I spread. They but have, They have a... I believe they have a weird interaction of I'm assuming I haven't sure looked into it. I think Mark Mark ran his class on insulin sensitivity. I think he said he keeps them apart because they have a poor interaction together. Um which well they they do because they're it's the end result is trying to do the same thing, I think, at the cellular level. Yeah. Um it's just how the pathway gets there and in like in well, I might not even be able to explain this in complex terms anyways, to be honest, off the top of my head. But I think what's happening is uh, you're, you're, you're doubling up on something that doesn't need doubling up on at, at that specific yes. time. And it has something to do with uh, the half-lives also, mm -hmm. because the half-lives are different in the drug yeah. and the supplement, right? So yeah. uh, it also has to do with that. I do the same thing. I kind of take them. I take them either opposite times of the day. So I... yeah. Usually berberine or something like that's in uh, Morpho Prime, which I have a yep. lot of people use now because it's probably like the best. I say it's the best internal health supplement on the market, like by far. No one doses as much as he does on that. Um, I take that at night and then metformin in the morning. Um, do you take metformin pre-workout or post? I do it. Or either, like first thing in the morning, kind of, and then you it's just kind of just first thing in the morning, like with regular people, like if they have that, I'll take, I'll just tell them to take it first thing in the morning, like just yeah, a general, sense. it's just a general safety net of a thing. Um, yeah, you're spreading them out, right? Giving them time. Yeah, yeah I'm spreading them yeah. out, so they get so like they're sleeping when the when the more like they take more for whatever they'll take like the burping like an hour before bed, and then it will be like go through, and then they have to go through nine hours of it and not have anything or whatever yep so makes sense um but yeah no i like i like those two a lot um they work like i said the mechanisms actions are different so the mechanism action for metformin if i'm correct is it increases beta cell sensitivity um yep. which will just help with better producing insulin um and everything um and then your gdas or berberine kind of help with the uptake of glucose into the cells um, so they have two separate mechanisms of actions. That's why we're saying both, because we could just say metformin, but you're only helping one case, which is why I said you have to look at blood work before you should probably decide like, hey, it's a great, it's a great thing. Like if you know you're less insulin sensitive right now, like and you put on a good amount of fat, well, number one, you should diet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and number two, um, you can use it to kind of increase that insulin sensitivity along the way to kind of push it just a bit harder as you're dieting. Um, but yeah, that makes total sense. But and then, I guess that's man. I mean, don't. And then I guess number f well, that's supplementation. I don't really need to go into more than that. Yeah, no, that's it. That's that's, that's perfect. We don't we don't need to spill all the secrets. Sorry, guys. You no, have to pay. You have to pay for us to give us all the secrets. <laughs> um, but last one, and I think it's just patience in your off season. You don't need to be pounding a ton, a ton of food. Like they hear, like of course, well, <laughs> I mean, I'm I know, pounding it's like, right? Again, it's, I mean, I I'm know. pounding, I'm pounding like four thousand, four like on leg day, like forty five hundred calories, like easily. Um, but I've worked up there for twenty for no. For yeah, six. that was titrated up over like almost a year and two it's years. Titrated over, it's been titrated over about eighteen months now. Year and a half, yeah, you exactly. Have to, you have to like you like I didn't just go from. Like I went from 295 grams of carbs to 500 to 600. Hey, how much did you weigh? 167. Yeah. Okay. So like, yeah. And I lost wild. two. And then when I started, I lost two pounds. So I got down to 165 yeah, yeah. and now I'm at. Then started climbing. Today I'm at 190 on the dot, but 
Let me guess. It was free meal day yesterday. It was, it was like that yesterday. Uh, (laughs) uh, So I'll probably drop back down to like 187 tomorrow. Um, After, after a regular day, I was 188.4. So my weight's been slowly kind of creeping back up again. Um, But I just, I have a question. Yeah. So this is not related to blood sugar at all, but it's maybe a fun way to finish. (laughs) So when you step up, so you had this free, this is a fun episode because you and I are so much alike, but psychologically the journeys that we took are very different. Mm -hmm. So that's, as soon as you said, I went uh, and had this free meal and then I was 190 and I'm going to drop back to 187. The first thing that came to my brain that I was like, fuck, I want to ask him what happens to your brain? Like when you, okay, you woke up this morning, you're in your get, you go have a, a pee and then you step on the thing and you're three pounds up. What, what does your brain say? Like what, what happens? I'm so disconnected to the scale now. It's just like, I'm just focused. It's not going to lie though. I'm disconnected from the emotional part. Um, but I'm telling you, man, like we hit that 191.8 like that one time. Like I hit my high. And I was like, damn, I want to get to like, I want to, I want to get to 200. Like I want to get to 200. I see. And it's, yeah. like, and it's like, you now, now, now I'm struggling to get past 190. And I'm like, what the fuck? And so I'm like, every time I get to 190, I'm like, oh, nice. So I get a nice little dopamine hit if I get past 190. But other than that, it's just like, hey, it is what it is. on the scale. I go off my look. I know how hard I'm training. Um, I know how hard my partner's training. Um, I know where Mark and I are at with things and we're so far into it that we probably wouldn't even need the scale at this point. Yeah, like, I, I, I totally hear you. And I thought this was going to be your answer. And I just, <clears throat> I thought it's interesting because, you know, coming from like a really severe weight loss background, I'm still not at that point where like it's a non-emotional reading to me. Now I don't act on the emotions anymore, mm-hmm. but they're still there. And this keeps coming up in my coaching where like people ask me something and I'm like, Oh no, no, no. You're viewing this in my sense wrong. Yeah. We're like, you think this thing is going to go away. No, you're just going to stop doing the emotional based dumb reaction that was done off of that emotional response. You're going to manage it. Yeah. Why the fuck is it not going down? Yeah. It's like, I still value, you know, like, uh, Always, will. you always will. Honestly, you always will value the scale. Like no matter who it is, as much as we say disconnect from it, people will always value the scale. It's just, it's just a human instinct when you see a number pop up and you associate feelings with numbers. It's just a, it's just a thing. It's just like how. And that's why I wanted to use myself as an example. You know, I've been doing this for like ten years, and I still, and I'm, I hope I've uh, garnered the. the sense that I really try to take care of my psychological health. I could do a lot of work on that. And even then I still, after all these years, like, because I'm in a health phase with Braden right now, so my weight's starting to move down um, just because we're not hammering food and, and other things. And, uh, you know, so I was coming down, 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 down. I was like down to 183 and then kind of like out of nowhere, I, I spiked up to 185. It should be no big deal. It just goes in the book and, don't think about it anymore. It's just a number and move on with your day. But then, you know, I was driving to the gym and I'm like, fuck, that's whack. Like, how, why did I spike up two pounds? You know, and I started thinking about like, well, did I do anything different yesterday? You know, so you're, it's still like your brain trying to solve a problem that doesn't really exist if the protocols weren't broken, which that's mine what, were that's not. What I tell all, so I had a guy going down. He's lost like six pounds in whatever, like five weeks now. And he kept blessing dropping. and a curse. He kept dropping. He kept dropping every single day this week. And then he hit a point. And like it started going up 0. 0.2, 0. 0.2, 0. 0.2 the last three days. And I'm like, so I like, so I was like bagging on him today. I was like, was there any deviation at all? Because like he's had deviations before. Like the first yeah. week, like he had deviations from his plan. And I was like, was there any deviations? It's like, yeah, I had like a few cookies yesterday. And I was like, okay, that's not going to be bad. And I was like, you got back, you're good back on track today. I was like, I'm not going to change anything. I was like, we clearly see that it works. So something in the past few days that you probably don't understand probably happened that you didn't perceive as like a stressor or something probably made you mm-hmm. hold on to water the past few days. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, watch, I'm like, I'm not going to change anything. I'm just going to allow it to come down. Like if I was a coach, like if I was beginner where I was in the beginning, I probably would be freaking out at him. I'd probably be like, 
yo, we got to bring this food back down, like, et cetera, et cetera, right? No, you just let it kind of stick to course and exactly what Braden's probably doing for you, right? He probably didn't change yep. anything. He probably didn't change anything. He's no. just like, we're going on. He's probably like, let's just, let's just go Party on. Week, right? Yeah. That's so right. I think, I think a lot of people emotionally attach the scale so hard. And it's one thing, of course, you know, you know, I think the hardest part or the easiest part for me that made it really easy is the last, last like six months, the last like six, seven, the last like six, seven months, I probably have weighed in within a five pound gap. <laughs> so if it goes to show anything, yeah, that's wild. <laughs> it goes to show anything for the longest time I weighed between like 185 and like 187. And then like, and then it was like 180, 186, 28, 187 to 189. And now I'm in that 187 to 189 range still. And it's like, you know, it's just like weight, maybe weight, maybe moving up like 0.1 a week. Like my average weight. And a lot of people would be like, well, what the fuck is that? He's got to eat more. Yeah. But my performance is good. So if my performance, yeah, if you're increasing performance, you're creating a physiological adaptation somewhere. If, if I'm, if I'm increasing performance somewhere, a lot of people don't understand because I take measurements for people and I'm like, you know, even if we're slowly adding food and it's like your measurements aren't changing that much, but your waist keeps coming in, but your navel area keeps coming down. It's like, it means you're still growing elsewhere. Like it might not show Mm -hmm. it on the inches aspect or like the centimeters, but yeah, that means you're adding a physical adaptation somewhere because you have takes a lot of muscle to add an inch like of, of diameter. Like, you know, like if you're measuring around your shoulders, yeah, people, don't understand. Like, people don't understand how <laughs> like an inch is. That's why it's Plus so it has to press on fat and skin and cells and like all that up to, yeah, to make when you it think about it. When you, th- get it you know, when you know? think about it, it's like some guys have like 30 inch legs. You're like, those legs are huge. And then your arms yes. are like 16 inches. And it's like, Oh, what are those? <laughs> it's just like, yeah, exactly. And it's just like, you know, so I think a lot of people get too caught up in that aspect too of all season is they think like their measurements are staying the same or they don't even take measurements or they think they're staying the same, but their performance continues to increase. That's why weight and yeah. the scale doesn't mean anything because it just gives me a trend. Like say if I want a guy and I want to maintain him, right? And I and like, hey, his average goes down. Okay, I hold for another week. If his average goes down again, okay, then I add like 10 grams of carbs. I do a small little bump where, hey, then his weight goes back up to where it was two weeks ago. Then it comes down again. Then it might come down again. It might stay. It might even increase. Like, then he's putting on mass. Like, you know, that's if that right. small little increases and it goes up and his weight goes up slightly, that's why it's so difficult to put on muscle mass. I think so many people don't realize how hard it is to put on muscle mass because it's not like, hey, you know, it's not like you just lift from A to B. Like, I know it's master, hard work. Like, you truly got to master every single aspect of it. <clears throat> and I'm like, if you don't master every single aspect of it and managing blood sugars is a part of it. Um, because if you're not partitioning nutrients, you're not growing. They're not doing everything they could for you. No. Yeah. Like you're wasting food. That's right. So, you know, that's, that's my final point is like, you know, don't no, get caught, I think up, that, don't that get caught up in all the numbers. Like if your performance is increasing, Hold where you're at. Judge yeah. a lot of things in off season off your gym performance. That's how you should do it. Stop judging it off your look. Stop judging it off like the measurements or scale numbers. Judge it based yeah. upon. Yes, the scale does have to go up at some point because you're putting on. You have to be in a caloric surplus. The scale does have to go up, but you determine the rate, and your work ethic in the gym will determine that rate. That makes sense. So take the time. Take realize that I'm a year and a half into my off season. It's taken me that long to move up 1600 calories. Yeah. doesn't happen in one day. Exactly. No, because if it did, I'd be a, I'd be a nice little Italian meatball right now. There you uh, go. But it's hiding, it's hiding underneath the beard. So it's fine. <laughs> it's hiding underneath. There. Um, but yeah, so that's a, that's our episode of coach's corner guys. Um, we hope you guys enjoy these episodes. Um, we'll be back next week. We have no clue what we'll be talking about. We never know until like the day we decide. And I'm like, oh, day or four. Maybe. Yeah, we should do this. And then, then, then Dylan's just like sick. <laughs> um, <laughs> sounds fun. Sounds sounds like a good topic. Um, yep. So if you guys really enjoyed this episode, which I think a lot of you will, 
um, because it has a lot of anecdotal stuff and it has a lot of takeaways, has a lot of lessons in this. Share yeah, it has a lot of things that are easily implementable. Share on your Instagram, uh, tag both of us in your post, um, you know, share with a friend, share with anybody who's in their off season that needs to hear this. Because even if you're in the middle of the off season, if you start to implement this stuff now, you could change your whole off season. So, Literally. Um, so yeah, so give us a follow on Instagram. Um, and all that jazz, as always, use code SPADE at Morphogen Nutrition um, for the best supplements um, to get Morpho Brain. Um, I like it. I'm only one dose in, so I got 20 more. I'll give it a whirl. I got 20 more doses left in the tank. Um, nice. Uh, let us know what you guys think about this episode and hope you guys enjoy. Leave us a five-star rating. Leave us a review. Subscribe to the podcast. Yeah. Episode whatever of Coach's Corner. I don't even know what episode this is. Uh, how to manage BG in your off season. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Have a good day, guys.